0: Son, may I speak with you? Sure, Pop. Son, there's no easy way to say this. In the recent past, your mother and I have noticed that you've become somewhat, well, lazy. Lazy and inefficient. Your thinking has become predictable and your prospects are very bad indeed. Oh, Pop. Don't, oh, Pop, me. Worst of all, now your mother tells me you've asked for a raise in your allowance. Yeah? What of it? She says it was for $16 billion. So? Son, have you been hanging out with General Motors again? Gareth Jones on speed! yee
1: Hello, they are Zog and Richard. Hello. Hello. And I'm the bit called Gareth. This is Gareth Jones on Speed, the home of speculation, lies, rumour and just stuff we've made up or read about this we're week. We're
2: financiers basically, we're, 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 we're bankers. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we're,
1: are, yeah. making it up, no, there's no credit crunch, everything's fine. But one of the bits of hot gossip that's circulating at the moment, which at the point at which we are recording this programme, we don't know the outcome of this, is that the Honda F1 team, the Ers... While Honda F1 team is about to be bought by Richard Branson's Virgin Group,
3: possibly discuss good idea, bad idea. I don't know yet because I don't know the terms of this deal. Now, there's a couple of things that strike me. You know, I used to work for a little part of the Virgin Empire at one point, I did um, too. We've have
2: zon- you, so zon- uh, no, I've only been a customer of uh, <laughs> okay. I don't like Virgin Media, and oh, I can't oh, think yeah. of a single good thing to say about them based on my personal uh, experience, so if but, it, uh, but I love Virgin Airlines. Okay,
1: so for non-British listeners, Virgin Media are the part of the Virgin Group that provide, oh, what they
2: call, um, triple... Uh, broadband, mobile, phone triple services... Threat. Triple, uh, threat. triple Threat. Yeah. Yeah. A, tele- a cable,
3: cable provider.
1: Yeah, cable, and cable
2: mobile, cable and, and phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. the yeah.
1: triple, what's the word, There's triple whammy, there's a term for it that I can't remember... But anyway, that's who Virgin Media are. So Zog doesn't like them. I will explain what I feel about Virgin in a minute. Richard, you used to work for Uh, Virgin Cars? Yeah, I work for
3: Virgin Cars don't bother looking for them because they're not around anymore, and this sort of brings me on to my first point. I don't want to necessarily besmirch the name of Sir Richard Branson, the people's capitalist, but (laughs) let's be honest, almost everything that Virgin gets involved with except Virgin Atlantic, which I genuinely believe is probably the finest airliner out at the moment, but... Everything else seems to bomb. Well, no, well, I think Virgin th- Wines are still around, but you know Virgin Brides, Virgin Radio is no longer Virgin Radio. They've bailed out of that one because it wasn't going so well after, uh, admittedly, quite a while. There aren't any Virgin record shops. No, no Virgin record shops. No, street, Virgin, street, shops. no Virgin record more, label. No Virgin uh, cosmetics. They were doing that because yeah, the way that the Virgin Group of companies works, and people maybe don't realise this because I didn't until I started working for an arm of it, is it's essentially a, a massive franchise system. Groups of business the brand. Yeah, yeah, you go to uh, Virgin Central office and say, we would like to set up this business, but we would like to license the Virgin name because obviously it's a great marketing tool and it's a way of getting a head start because I think generally Virgin's actually quite a trusted name despite the best efforts of Virgin Um, Virgin Media Media and and people like that because they have that sort of what marketing people would call brand equity or something. So that's all it is. They license the name. Now, I don't know whether this F1 deal is in some way a a name licensing thing and how much virgin the branson owned central company is actually going to put in and manage it but that is my point, is that because it's this massive franchise system, they maybe don't have the control over it that they do over the airline, which is wholly owned by Branson and his central Virgin yeah. company, and has been a success. Everything else just it's seems not, to go it's screwy.
1: not Virgin Airlines. is mostly owned by Singapore Airlines.
3: Ah, but there's still more of an immediate connection, isn't there, between...
1: Yeah, he, he, he has a big hands-on control over what happens to his part
0: of it yeah yeah yeah, i
2: mean this is the key thing i I think in a sense that you know if we're we're asking the question how good is it going to be for virgin to take over honda Mm. i think a lot of that rests on how involved richard branson is and how committed he is to the idea my guess is that he is fairly involved in this because there's a connection with adrian reynard who was involved in setting up the original bar yeah plus the the thing about the sort of white label sort of brand thing, mm. people taking business ideas to the Virgin group and then having the Virgin brand attached to this this isn't going to be something like this, this isn't a group of investors who are saying, let's have a Virgin F1 team, we'll Richard, ask, we'll ask yeah. Richard to stump the money out, this yeah. is a great business model You know, it's going to be Virgin and Branson putting money, and that sounds like a better thing, so I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see it, I think he'd be a fool to do it to be honest, I think it's a, a mistake
1: buying it in its, in its form that it is at the moment, but I'd love to see him do it. I really believe Richard Branson, I've got a long association with him. He owned the first TV company I ever worked for, and I used to get flights from Virgin Atlantic <laughs> to travel across the <laughs> Atlantic by phoning Richard Branson himself up. And he once said, guys, you're supposed to be mad, let's jumping in a lake together, which we did at a party, me and Richard Branson. So I, I feel... I feel I'm unqualified to talk about this because I'm
3: slightly I biased
1: I don't have
2: that <laughs> <jumping> <laughs> into, I don't have that jumping no, in I, a lake I, naked yeah, with Richard okay, Branson I did Bondi. do that I, was it naked? I'm uh, naked. we had our underpants with Sir John
3: Harvey Jones oh that's good <laughs> enough
2: yeah,
1: that's <laughs> close enough
3: business the moment that we have jumped into bodies of water with it's a whole separate podcast
1: I once, I once <laughs> I picked up a wet towel to be- used by Theoprophetus does that count? <laughs>
3: <Close> <laughs> oh, oh um no, I was going to say something libelous. Then, okay, uh, <laughs>
2: so let me just say about the Branson F1 say that thing. just did something libelous, but we've cut it out. You, you... <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll do you a gesture just between us in Thank the room. Thea I I've met him. <laughs>
1: don't worry we never edit this program well, no.
3: chicken tikka masala
1: <laughs> <laughs> look i've got branson's beard on today have you noticed oh, no, i've you
0: actually got a branson's little, little yeah. face I, yeah. I borrowed it from him hi hi guys
2: <laughs> so um, my question though if branson is going to get into f1 yeah. what is his stunt going to be for the launch of the team because when he's launched what is it virgin bride he was dressed up in you know a bride in, as a bride yeah, yeah. the white wedding dress and everything you know he, he's prepared to you know, go the extra mile in terms of making a bit of a fool of himself for the yep. launch. Or something. What is he going to do for the launch? I want to see that. When, when Virgin <laughs> well, flew, well, in- dressed as a woman again, my <laughs> God!
1: <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> when Virgin flew into Las Vegas for the first time, he dressed as Elvis and waved a flag out of the.
3: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the press, welcome to the launch of Virgin F One. And now, please welcome the founder and
0: chairman of the Virgin Group. Sir, Sir Richard, Richard Branson!
1: Branson. Oh, hello, here he comes now. <laughs> oh, come on, wait a What's he going to be dressed up like
0: now? Oh, look. <laughs> there he is, there he is! <laughs> look, at this, look at that
1: stupid, straggly beard. <laughs> <laughs> that ridiculously shaggy hair.
0: Brilliant! He's come as Jensen Button. Nice one to me! Uh, no, sorry guys. Um, I haven't had the chance to put on a funny costume yet. like a virgin sniff for the very first time
1: Zog mentioned the connection Richard Branson has with adrian reynard briefly maybe i should explain exactly what that is reynard built champ car chassis for many years and some successful Le Mans car chassis he's a great british chassis manufacturer and designer rather like lola but went out of business when champ car just all collapsed a few years ago reynard invests in some virgin projects quite a few virgin projects i think he's one of the investors in virgin galactic
2: mm-hmm. which
1: i'm very excited about uh, you know uh, a private answer? space venture
2: but virgin galactic great little thing i signed up i registered to of interest in Virgin Galactic when it launched ages ago yeah. not because I particularly expect to be travelling in space within a few years but just because I'm a bit of a space geek but it's fantastic every now and again I get this email from Virgin Galactic that's addressed to me as a dear astronaut ah,
1: <laughs> lovely,
2: <laughs> lovely. That's, that's how it
1: should be that's what he's doing he's turning ordinary humans rich Humans into astronauts, <laughs> but I just think he would shake it up. He would, he would kind of make it work. He would, uh, well, he would have a go at making it work. But really, it's just an expensive billboard. <sighs> is or is it? It? Why is he doing it? it? Well, uh, the rumours are that there's a new Virgin brand coming, Virgin Fuel. Oh, there, it exists, Virgin Fuel, where they're looking at alternative fuel sources for the future. And this right? would be the best possible place to advertise Virgin Fuel, yeah. which I think would be interesting. But the trouble is, as long as they're using conventional fuels on the car, it kind of negates that as it an idea. It rings a
2: little bit hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, which I'm would like, make you know. think that if, he's the, 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 if, if there is something, and, and we're getting a little bit conspiracy theorist here, but mm. speculating, you know, if that's the connection, if he's got this version fuel thought, he must have had some kind of conversation with Max Mosley with Bernie, maybe about future directions in the next few years for the sport and whether... I wonder. You know, because Max is, I think, genuinely keen on the greening of the sport, whether it's coming from the bottom of his heart and concern for the planet, whether it's coming from, you know, just a... Smart commercial brain and a, a, a smart thinking, who knows? But I think he genuinely believes in it and he's mm. trying to make the sport greener. You know, he may not take much persuading that some new fuel regulations are part of that.
3: I also think, in a way, that you think about the way that Branson conducts himself in public. Now, I have met Branson. I've never jumped in a lake with him, but I did meet him once <laughs> when, I, when I worked at uh, Virgin Cars. Actually, we were doing the launch by the River Thames. We could have jumped in the Thames. Yeah. Oh, you missed, missed it. Missed yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could recommend it.
2: In fact, you well, could have it, driven. Right?
3: You could have done a sort of like Thelman
2: Rees, driven, driven into a, the Thames in, uh, the together. The
3: managing director of Virgin Cars and Branson drove onto the stage for the press conference in an old school mini. And my job, bizarrely, I was sort of like a copywriter for them, but uh, my job was to then run on, jump into the mini, knock it into reverse and back it off the stage again. And I got the job just because... I, well, I saw of Yeah, well, you had to get in reverse in a mini. That was it, basically. And also, I would sort of, I kind of, they'd gone, oh, it's a bit of a tr- tricky job. That we can't, you know, we don't want to crash off the stage. And I'd sort of gone, well, I'll do it. And they yeah. went, yeah, you like cars? You're probably quite good at reverse. <laughs> and, and I was it's absolutely like, this terrified, is amongst installing it or getting the wrong gear and going forwards and running the over the Responsibility I, of I driving it, cars on television. I did it okay, and it was fine. But but just prior to that, and because I'd written some of his little speech uh, that he. Did at this launch? I did. I was introduced to Sir Richard, and uh, and he's quite a quite a shy man. Yeah, very shy. Yeah, yeah. Quite quietly spoken, and not maybe as you'd expect. However, his ability to turn it on on stage and become maybe the more flamboyant maverick that people perceive him to be is actually quite a thing to behold. And I think that's what they might want to see in F1 because let's be honest, a lot of the team bosses are. So, case in point being Ron Dennis, very good at what they do but they're not very interesting people. Mm. And a bit of that Branson-style sexiness. I mean, you saw those commercials for 25 years of Virgin Atlantic. Great. And they were a great advert, but also they spoke volumes about the way that Virgin as a whole has positioned itself as the kind of sexy, groovy alternative to boring, grey-suit conventional yeah. businesses. And and as we were saying before, I don't think in most cases that's actually true. They're grey-suited yes. businessmen who've licensed the name. Yeah. But Virgin Atlantic manages to be uh, the the sort of sexiest, grooviest airline. I mean, genuinely, you know, they're they're planes and Decorated? Do you decorate a plane? Yeah, Furnished, yeah. Furnished, trim, Furnished, trimmed, trimmed. In the nicest, most yeah, groovy yeah. way of any. Yeah. You know, they make BA look very, very you've, flat. You've and seen my tired. spare
1: bedroom downstairs, haven't Is you?
3: you? You've got a Virgin Atlantic bedroom. I have, yeah. With, I, actually, with porthole windows I, <laughs> and a woman in a red outfit who comes around and offers you peanuts
2: and yeah, champagne. Yeah. Um, so, but, I, I'm uh, staying over tonight, by the way. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I'm serious. Have you seen... I'm you're not kidding. you seen my no, spare bedroom. No, I have bedroom. seen your spare yeah, bedroom. It's in the Virgin
3: Atlantic Colour. I slept in your spare bedroom. Of course you did. Yes,
1: I, I was so inspired by the colours of the Virgin so Atlantic Just interior. Thinking,
3: what the hell goes on here? They record this podcast. And they, what what goes on in the spare bedroom? <laughs> We're often here till 44 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It's true. And what was I saying? Yeah, so Branson. No, that, 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 cool. that kind of that grooviness. I think he, in his mind's eye of how he, he perceives himself and his company, would like to be in Formula 1 because it is big. It's a high-profile thing to do. It is quite groovy. You get all these movie stars going to Grand Prix every so often. Yeah. And... F1 management, if they got any sense, would go, yeah, a bit of that wouldn't go down badly, actually. A bit of colour in here, a bit, a bit of maverick, because sort of, as as, that's the thing, he's a maverick, yeah. but he's not too maverick. He likes making money like the way that Bernard Eccleston does.
1: There's a downside and an upside to Branson coming in. The downside is that we'll probably get another red ...and white car in <laughs> in F1, which would be a bit of a problem, really. Oh, which one's that? Is it the Toyota? No, 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 it's the Ferrari. No, it's the, it's, no, it's the McLaren. No, 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 it's the, it's the Force India. It's, you know, it's a bit of a problem. That's the downside. The plus side is that if Adrian Reynard is as involved in this project as he is mooted, rumoured, lied, fibbed about to be, then that would probably be a clash of interests with the incumbent management at the moment... I would hope that we'd keep Ross Braun, but if they were to lose Mr Fry, some people say that might not be a bad thing.
2: Well, they need to change some things.
0: Hi, Nick. I'm uh, Richard. Um, joining me here are that Scottish bloke off Dragon's Den. Hi. And Robinson. Hello. And Sir Alan Sugar. Sit down. Don't worry about them, they're just here for the purposes of a punchline. Just um, tell me, Nick, why do you think you should continue to run the Honda F1 team now it's the Virgin F1 team?
2: Well, I really think I'm the man for the job. I mean, just look at my track record. Mm,
0: Yeah, Uh, you joined an increasingly successful team, one that many people were tipping to be in with a shot of winning the World Championship, and then once you assumed control, they almost immediately started to go downhill to the point where last season they were the lowest ranked of all the point scoring teams and basically a total laughing stock.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Right, well, uh, that's quite interesting. Um, Scottish bloke off Dragon's Den? I'm out. And Robinson? Goodbye. Sir Alan? You're fired.
2: But... What am I supposed to do?
0: Oh, gosh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'd say you were verging on the unemployable. <laughs> I just made a pun there. Shut up! Uh, sorry. Does anyone else want to come swimming with Gastop? Gerrit Jones and Speed! Featuring Snus
1: Boys, can you hear that? It's the death bell. Is it the death knell? Death for whom? Nell. Death knell. Mm. For whom the death knell rings. Wasn't that not, not an Alistair MacLean title?
2: Uh, I, but, uh, I think, I think For whom the bell tolls was that. <laughs> you're, just trying to, you're just trying to test what? this. You know? You're, you're, you're uh, just trying to mess with the minds of a couple of editors. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the,
1: the death knell ringing for the British Motion mystery in the week when how many people, 800 people were laid off at um, Minis. 800-50? office? 50, yeah. <laughs> But were they actually mini-staff? This is the thing. Not necessarily so. They weren't, they weren't mini-proper-on-the-payroll staff, were they? They were agency workers, freelance workers.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so it so. seems, yeah.
1: And whilst I am sympathetic to anyone losing their job uh, at any time, let alone in, in this climate... They were technically freelancers, and so I'm not entirely convinced that the amount of complaining that we heard from them was justifiable about how much notice they got. As a freelancer myself, I've been given the kind of notice, uh, sort of posterior notice. No, 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 we've yeah. recorded the next series without you, mate. <laughs> you know, it's.
0: <laughs> and it by happens. the way, we're not,
2: we're not paying you for the last three shows. Exactly.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe that was how William Woolard discovered that he wasn't going to be presenting Top Gear anymore Is that because right? he was sitting at home watching Top Gear. Top Gear in a Thursday night <laughs> I thought, when a new series started and thought something's wrong here no one's rung me and asked I'm me to come and it. present bits of this and I don't seem to be in it and
2: William BBC yeah. the, make like a habit of that, don't yeah, they? Sort they of, do. of sort of um, making staffing changes without telling the people yeah, involved. Yeah,
3: they, they do do that. But I think with these mini workers, there were some of them. I don't know the full details, but I, I think some of them had been working there for more than a sort of matter of weeks or months. They'd been there for years, and they'd still been agency staff. They'd never been taken on. But they nearby. don't have the protection of sort of full, yeah, so they don't. full employment. Yeah, uh, I think one of the problems is that we love to paint the Germans as ruthless in this country we do and so because Can't it's BMW
2: unlike British businessmen who yes, are of who course are. an entirely uh, <laughs> sentimental well, and you know, we were, unruthless bunch we were talking about uh, Richard Branson
3: uh, earlier on And of course like all British businessmen if he's going to let someone go he personally goes round to their house with a basket <laughs> of chocolates and flowers and <laughs> things. but no this is the thing we do like to paint Germans as ruthless and I don't think this agency worker situation is, is unique to that factory it happens all the time a friend of mine who works as a legal secretary and she's been uh, a well, she was a agency technically and paid by the hour for years just mm. because that's the way they chose to employ her and so, it, it's, I, I know it's a terrible thing that's happened here, it's, I'm sure it's going on, albeit on a lesser scale, in companies all across Britain at the moment. But it's just because it's like it was a it was a massive number, and also it was Sir Sherman's, and therefore it was a good news story to say, yeah, "Look yeah. at them, they're ruthless. They probably took a Luger to everyone's
2: heads." Well, I mean, like you, I think I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit reluctant to you know to be to be too down on BMW without without knowing a lot more about it, basically. But it does strike me that there's. Maybe this is a PR thing, maybe Honda are a lot better at their PR mm. than BMW, but I can't help feeling there's a bit of a difference in attitude, at least, between the way that BMW have dealt, in this case, with their need to reduce costs, and the way that Honda in the UK have done recently yeah. in making it very clear to workers who are effectively laying off for a while that they're still going to pay them in the meantime, and they're saying clearly to them, look, you know, we value you and we, we want to have a long-term future here. Yeah. We, you know, we, don't, we don't treat you just as another number on the, uh, a comp- on our balance sheet. You not- yeah. you you're a company partner. The more- Japanese
1: culture is for a job for life. Yes, you know, it really is. Still. Mm. Even in this day and age, it's still there, and I think that's filtered through to how Honda have dealt with... Uh, Road car manufacturer here is in in Britain, <laughs> uh, but you're right. The BMW thing is a bit more direct, perhaps. Yeah, what well, did I, mean, like I say? You know, you know I, yeah. I,
2: I hesitate a bit to be kind of too down on BMW without really yeah. knowing more about it. But, but I just I think there is a there is a difference of attitude there. I I, 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 suspect, I, I suspect.
1: What I worry about yeah. is that this is Mini that is really suffering in this context which is a bit of a shocker because Mini is one of the absolute hits of the British indeed perhaps world motor industry at the moment everywhere you go they're selling Minis in pretty huge numbers yeah or certainly were and if that car's not selling and it's a in the grand scheme of things, compared to Range Rovers, it is an eco car, and
0: if and they're, they're yeah, and
3: a relatively affordable car yeah, as well. You know, you it, get a Mini for what the eleven yeah. and, and a bit grand. So yes, it's not mid Range Rover prices either, or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's you know, you could buy one for the same amount you could buy Fiesta for. So yeah,
1: and if they're it's, suffering, it's a popular ooh, everyone's in f- everyone trouble. Ooh. It yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Listen, I want to segue whilst we're talking about the British motor industry from Mini to Jaguar Land Rover. But before that, can I just say? Is it me or does everybody hate the Alfa Romeo Mito? Have you read the reviews of the Alfa yeah. Romeo Mito?
3: Yeah. Nobody likes it, do they? Well, it's probably cuz I don't know. I've not driven it yet, but I'm guessing it's because it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, I don't it, like the way it looks. It's a funny looking. Say. car. We I don't like it, the way it looks. A we said it's fresh now, but it's, no, it's, it's I think a it looks It's not a terrible
2: car, but it just it's just uh, not it's, right. It's just it's, not it's not yeah, Alfa.
3: It's Yeah. It's too cute. It is a bit too cutesy, and it's it's got weird headlights, and it's uh, it, it looks like they've taken all the stuff off a bigger car, which they have, the H C which is yeah. a beautiful car, and sort of squashed it deliberately onto this small car. At no point has someone gone, do you know what? This isn't working. Let's yeah, try something yeah, else. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't just fit. Squished it on. And I just think it's it's a contrived-looking car. And, and from what I can gather, it doesn't drive very well either. So, and, I mean, boo hiss. Drive harder, to, Alfa Romeo. You have Ooh. to say,
1: that's a bit of a shocker, though, because generally, us motoring journalist types, we see an Alfa Romeo, we go, oh, oh it's an Alfa it. Romeo. It doesn't yeah. matter, I mean, it's we, really, it's which we quite like it yeah. you, know? you lose your critical
3: faculties yeah. you just sort of mm, uh, yeah but that's the thing I think maybe we'll be being less generous it as well because we know it's a Punto yeah. underneath and that Grande Punto is not a bad car particularly oh, no. so yeah. so you know and it's actually a really nice looking car as well for, for a, a little Super Mini it's pretty, pretty groovy mm-hmm. and so we know it's not a pure Alfa Romeo Actually, none of them are, but, well, you yeah. know,
1: it's was probably the least Alphie Alfa. Alpha, Alpha, uh, God. Uh, uh,
3: 1978,
1: I think. Julieta. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? The <laughs> Alpha 75, right? 75
3: yeah, maybe? Alpha yeah. 75, yes. Yeah. Yes, sorry,
1: it's yeah. the 80s, yeah. yeah. Uh, where were we? Yeah, Alpha. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, not, I wasn't really supposed no, to be talking about Me, Mita. I, I, I was, I was tra- trying to stay in the British motor industry, and I was talking about the Mini taking us to the Jaguar Land Rover. Because I know, Richard, you've been driving not only some new, nice Jags, but some even... Nicer, older Jags. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Which was the nicer, the older Jag or the new Jag? But first of all, what were the older Jags you were driving? So Zog and I can go, Ooh. Uh,
3: I drove an XK120.
0: Ooh.
3: I drove it around a car park though. It wasn't like I, I did the oh. millimilia in it or anything. I'll set the scene for you, because as is the way with car launches, they flew us abroad. We went to Seville in Spain and it was to drive the XFR and the new XKR, which has got the five litre, direct injection supercharged engine the brand new one in it
1: can i just make my traditional sexy noises when you mention cars with big engines like that <laughs> first of all the, the xfr <laughs> woof yeah and the xkr not dash s it's just the xkr is no, it
3: no well some of the thinking from that limited run XKRS went into right. the new xkr which is more sporty so
1: i think that i think that deserves a, a real carry-on sound sort of <laughs> <laughs> kenneth connor would have said that being four <laughs>
3: Oh, who was I thinking of? Not Bernard Breslau. Anyway. Bernard Breslau. We? Breslau. Right. So, <laughs> we went out to Spain and we got to drive these cars, and they took us to a little racetrack called um, uh, a name that completely escapes you now Monte Blanco. Monte, Monte, Bianco. Monte Blanco. Is it Mon- Monte Bianco, I think, uh, which is near Seville and is an extraordinary place. Local property developer built it. It's a fantastic track brand new, in the middle of the countryside. You'd never know it was there. You get to it by uh, sort of going along a main road. You see a bunch of industrial units and a garage and something like that. You mm. turn off across the front of one of these industrial units down a little dust track and you're mm. off wiggling across this open, dusty countryside. And so just like, like Silverstone, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except it it's, doesn't smell of <laughs> chips. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. And it's there. And it's it's FIA approved for Formula One testing, which, unfortunately, oh. now isn't going to happen. But oh, dear. That was sort of yeah. half the the reason it was set up, I think, by the guy who who built it. Um, it's, it's because of the fact that the access to it is fairly restricted. And because there's no grandstands or anything, you can't have racing there. I don't think they're even allowed to have racing there because of, planning permission so it was just set up as a test facility so like Croft then yes oh, well, well. My my it's, uh, well. nice. indeed ladies and gentlemen is, uh, we're it, is, it is both like Silverstone and Croft but sunnier than both yeah. <laughs> and warmer because the network, Silverstone is always officially cold always officially cold the yeah. croft is officially wet whereas interestingly actually this place they can make it wet they have sprinklers on the track because again it's a test facility and they can reconfigure the track in a number of ways and they did that for us and we drove the cars on sort of a long circuit and a short circuit and then so they mixed the two and we've got an even longer circuit with the most amazing uphill crest where it's just blind and the first time you go around it you have an instructor sitting next to you, and he's going, Go on, keep it flat, keep it flat. And you're like, I'm going to die. It's going to die. I don't know what's coming up. There's going to be a truck there. Oh, wait for all the track. It's fine. And then the next time you got a bit more confident, and you go, you go. And the third time you're just like, Way, pin it to the floor, Way, up the top. I almost ran over one of their cones doing that. Oh,
2: well, uh, they do what's They mark the, I think actually, they marked car, the apex never...
3: and things like that. But they, they, sort of, they were marking, in this case, the apex on a blind uphill sort of. Come on, it, it was brilliant, Ooh. brilliant track. Uh, Tell however, us about the engines in these cars. Well, First of
1: all, the XFR.
3: Right, XFR. So this is yeah, this is the the Jaguar have got this new V8 uh and it's it's got in the XFR a supercharger on it, five hundred and three brake horsepower, I think it is. not enough. It's <laughs> as it turns out, it probably it probably is. I mean it's not not to say that the car feels overwhelmed by it, because it's absolutely superb. It genuinely is is a great bit of kit, and I think what it does very well is it's, it's as absolutely meaty and mighty fast as a BMW M5 yeah. when you want it to be and you, you you snick it into sport mode and then there's this dynamic button that stiffens up the suspension a little bit but in a quite clever way where it's got these adaptive dampers that are sort of constantly variable and all it does is it sort of lops off the bottom of their range so they don't go down to their softest setting so you're right. just you're using it in its, its sort of stiffer parameters. You paid attention in the I technical I did, I was really thing, paying attention. Yeah. Bizarrely for me because well, well, I used to get a bit of of my food journalist. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Now they'd be all oh drinking gosh, brandy. Gosh. Very, yeah. very unprofessional of me. And it's got this electronic diff at the back, which is like a limited slip diff, but it can run completely open in normal straight line running and sort of gentle cornering. So you get all the benefits of uh, an open diff. It's more efficient, mm-hmm. doesn't understeer in certain conditions. But when it needs it, it locks up, so you get the sort of limited slip things. And you can it's do awesome. a stability control track mode, which, as we discovered on the track, allows you to just oink the back end out a little bit and I think if you're very skilled you can sort of know how much you can get it out and just hold it there before the electronics go bleh. or you can turn <coughs> it completely off and just hoon around in it like a little but Zulu it's sort. basically
2: like a sort of a track day sort of fun thing where, yeah, you, can, yeah. where you can get a little bit of tail end yeah, action yeah. you know get I the think it was sort of of, really it's, it's, it's safe enough that you could use it, it on releasing. the road
3: on a road that you felt was sort of you know on a roundabout or something that you knew you could just go around it and just whoink, on the way out and just, mm. just, just knock the back Does end out it, a little bit because you you, you know, it's never going to go too far because so the that's a control
1: over the limited slip diff. Does it have a you know, limited financial resources button as well? So you, oh, I can't <laughs> afford to fill
3: it up. So you don't. Yeah, I, I think it's that's quite. a it's big not, concern. It's isn't it? not an economical car. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that. It's a worry because it is, it is a big it engine is. car. It's a thirsty car. But, you know, let's assume we live in a, in a magical land full of fairies and chocolates and things, and we and we want do. to imagine there's no economic crisis of any sort. And no. you're thinking, shall I have, have a Jaguar? Fossil fuel BMW? never no, no. no, there's they loads will... of them, yeah. there's loads of them, which just reminds me of a story I was told this week about Noel Evans that I can't share here. Oh! <laughs> oh, I think I know the story you're referring to. <laughs> oh! a good, he's, he's keeping huge reserves of diesel at his house. In the <laughs> So, I think the Jaguar does something very well, which is that it it can be quite aggressive and sporty, but it's never too loud, it's never too raw or uncomfortable, but I think it's enough that it'll give you your kicks, but then you put it back into proper Jag, because you put it into drive and you turn off all the dynamic mode type stuff gotcha. and you just waft along one hand on the wheel and it's a very very comfortable car good stereo great yeah. seats it's actually quite quiet I mean I heard some journalists complaining that it's too quiet but I think they've misunderstood the point of that yeah. car that most of the time you'll want the quietness and when you really clog it it does make a V80 noise enough that you go yeah so it's a, it's
1: a sort of mm. you know Jekyll and Hyde car yeah, yeah. It's, ooh, and it's ooh, the hardest. could be a do. BMW just, M5 or could yeah. be a Lexus
3: but I think the M5 can be quite an exhausting car because it never really he calms down yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think yeah. what what managed to do is make a car that does calm down and utterly soothes you when you want it but then if you want to get a bit of a stomp on then it's it's there with you and yeah. I think it's if got really nice it's you know Connery Bond it looks fantastically yeah. well dressed and suave in a suit and has excellent table manners but when you wanted to punch someone it'll, blow, it'll have a go so yeah. so what does that make the uh, XKR the XKR sort of that but a bit more so probably not as Civilised Maybe It's a bit noisier And a bit harder Than the last one But again Not uncomfortable And again, You stick it in drive And you can waft along And I had I think One of the best drives I've had In a long time Maybe even ever Wow Certainly top ten Maybe even top five uh, and and, uh, On the roads On the roads Around Seville XKR Convertible Cause oh. it was a beautiful morning I turned up and they went okay here you go well you're from Evo you know you'll want the, the black coupe there driver's <laughs> choice I was already driven the coupe on the track and thought it was really good and I was like mm. I looked up at the sky I said it's quite nice it's out a nice can I have that like, yeah. convertible and they went yeah okay fine that's alright yeah, let's go and spare there you go off I went plugged the my, my phone into the iPod thing that's in the so you can get your own tunes got my own tunes going yep. got the roof back Going trundling out of the city, and I just got it in drive, and it's oh, this is, you know, this is nice. This is really nice. And they got onto these roads, and these roads were superb, really, really good roads. So I was like, oh, I'll put it in sport. Oh, I'll put it in dynamic mode and then suddenly it was like right here we go and it's got those paddle shifts the gearbox is superb it really just banging up and down the box and, and, and yeah like, I was like, like that bang banging, banging <laughs> up and down <laughs> <of> the microphone <laughs> and it just had one of those absolutely golden moments in life Can beautiful you know scenery yeah you know, I had to, to start with I had uh, do you know a uh, band called this Black Kids yeah do you know, you know Black Kids who did uh, Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance With Me that yeah. song and I was going to sing bits of it then I forgot no, about you the can't. copyright breach thing uh, you know it's like, that whole album pretty much every track on it you, it makes you want to stand there and bang a tambourine against your leg. It's quite funky in a groovy sort of way. <laughs> Produced by Bernard Butler bizarrely. And I had that on for a lot of the first bit of the drive and actually it sort of it is quite groovy upbeat music and 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 I think Strings. that sort of spurred me on. And it was yes, yeah, got a bit of string actually mm-hmm. in it and it's it's a quite an upbeat groovy car. It just yeah. it just makes you want to be very very easy to drive quickly without sort of feeling that you're going to die through lack of talent it's on your side the xkr is light for its size hmm. it's lighter than the saloon it feels lighter than the saloon I, it's and it-
2: it's not a big car it's not really yeah yeah, that's the thing some of the roads have got a bit narrow over these little
3: bridges and things like that and there was there's never any sense where you sort of do that (gasps) breathe in because you suddenly think you might have misjudged it and you're going to take a mirror off it is ferociously quick to the point where almost it flatters you because you can sort of come into a corner and you think it's tighter than it is. so you come in a bit slow and then you sort of feel like oh oh right okay it's a sweeping bend Mm. I didn't notice that because of the trees but then yeah, rather than having to build up momentum like you would have to in a smaller car, you just belt it again and it, and it takes goes. off as fast as you want and sort of faster. And it's very precise yeah. steering. It's a very, very precise instrument for driving along. And will it Sounds
1: it, wonderful. We're, we're getting near the end of the show, so I've got to hurry yeah, us up a sorry, little bit. Sorry, I'm just eulogising. No, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm glad to hear you are enthusiastic about another great British car. But, you know, will it do it well in America? Will Americans like it? Is it too hardcore?
3: Uh, I don't know, but then there's a normal XK without a supercharger, which hmm. has softer settings and is probably all the car you'll ever need. has almost as much power as the old supercharged one so it won't be slow and it probably make more of a V eighty noise if mm. any, the last one was anything to go by i don't know i hope it does well i mean in this country the xkr is eighty thousand pounds that's quite a lot of money yeah. but it is quite a lot of car and if i had 80 grand and if i was you know just throwing it around i would really love one. i, I think it's a genuinely superb uh, bit of don't need an aston martin anymore then eh? you don't aston martin's uh, and i know I this is the don't. elephant in the room of car journalism generally but there is no current aston martin that is good enough I'll say that without I'm sorry No one ever dares say this But they're not They're not good enough The steering's too heavy The steering columns judder The DB9 actually has a really lame chassis It doesn't ride properly Or handle properly The V8 Vantage is alright But doesn't have enough torque Even that new 4.7 The gear lever is in the wrong place In that car as well They have unforgivable faults You're you're
1: ranting now And on that bombshell If I may steal from another popular television programme, and I mean uh, the famous Lexus driver, uh, <laughs> you've been listening to the rant of Richard Porter. Sorry, and goodbye. The occasional interruptions of Zog. Goodbye. I was Gareth Jones, seeing about 12 days for another Gareth Jones on speed. Richard, you've really put the the, the, the Jagger amongst the pigeons. It's, like
0: it's a carrot, isn't it? Sorry, <laughs> right, I don't know what came over me there.
1: Contact the show on speed at garretjohns.tv. Get the lyrics, picture and more information from www.garethjohns.tv Or subscribe for free at
0: the iTunes store. Gareth on Speed is made by Ritzbundt. <laughs>